Hi, this is Michael Shalingo, and you're listening to One Montpelier Nights. This evening we're talking with uh, Pastor Donald Kirshner, Montville, uh, and Booton United Methodist Church, Rabbi Mark Finkel, Pinebrook Jewish Center, and Reverend Tom Hanyan of the Montville Reformed Church about uh, thankfulness and the interfaith Thanksgiving um, event that was just recently held. Um, we'll be going through uh, practices of gratitude and um, a short discussion on uh, on the Psalms. Good evening, gentlemen. How are you this evening? Doing very well. Doing well. Very well indeed, given the circumstances. So it's great to be with you. Um, I've, uh, I, I've over the past week or week and a half, it feels like it. it uh, I've had a lot of uh, fun communicating with you over email and text messages and brief phone chats here and there. Um, I feel like I've known you guys for forever. Um, I feel like I kind of uh, grew up with you in my lives. So it's going to be a fun conversation. Tell me a little bit about um, the the special service that you all do. I'm going to start with, with uh, Pastor Donald, if you don't mind. Just kind of, if you can kind of frame uh, the interfaith Thanksgiving service that you guys do and, and um, when it started and, and how it came about. Yeah, and I'll leave that to Pastor Tom and Rabbi Finkel, uh, who are actually two of probably the, the main leaders in this. Uh, I know I came a little later into Montville Township, uh, but I'll speak to at least what it's meant to be, and it's meant to be a place where we represent unity in the midst of so much division, uh, where we come together different faiths, different perspectives that we may be, uh, to focus on a gratitude to be in community with one another, to encourage others to be in that same space. Uh, and I think even more so at a time when things have been so upending uh, with all that's going on in the world, with all the division we see, we need these messages more than ever before. And mindful that obviously last year it had to be virtual. Uh, this year we're doing it virtual again. Um, virtual or in person, we think it's a powerful stance in the midst of a world that we wish to create more unity, create more peace, shalom, create more kindness. Uh, and I know One Montville does a great deal of work in that end as well. And so I feel like this is much, uh, very much so right in line with your work as well. No, thanks for that. And 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 it's the it's the message, not the messenger. Usually, um, that's kind of the, the the thought I put into it. Rabbi Finkel, uh, uh, Pastor Donald talked about uh, you and and uh, Pastor Tom as as kind of being the the um, the touchstones for this. How long have you been with the community? How long have you been in the community uh, in in Montville and Pinebrook? This is my fifteenth um, year uh, in Montville. Uh, and uh, each year, one of the things from from the very beginning was an invitation that came my first year from uh, the, uh, the a, a circle of clergy in town and said we'd like you to you know join in our interfaith Thanksgiving service, um, and uh, that I I wholeheartedly agreed. Um, I think that my predecessors tell me that at one time it was uh, a circle of um, uh, Catholic, the Catholic Church and, and three Protestant churches, and it was one of my uh, um, uh, predecessors 
who had said, oh, no, we'd like to join. And I think with each new rabbi that came to the community, it's like, okay, will this rabbi join with us? And so I was glad that uh, I got the invitation. And it's been certainly a staple for me of not only thanks the Thanksgiving season, but I think in terms of my yearly liturgy, uh, that this is something special that we do on Thanksgiving. That's fantastic. Reverend Tom, um, how did you fall into this? How did you fall into the the whole giving thanks and the interfaith Thanksgiving service? Well, I've been in Montville uh, going on six years uh, in the spring of 2022, which is it's hard for me to, to even fathom at this point. Uh, when I started at the church, I asked, "What what are the the expectations?" and and there wasn't a super long list of, of things that I was really expected. I was given a lot of freedom to try to to live in into the the vision and mission of the church. But one of the non negotiables, one of the things that was said to me very clearly is, "We always participate in the interfaith service in town, and we really want you to do that." And uh, and I happily accepted. Uh, I started my first few years, I kind of watched and observed and uh, kind of just found it, uh, you used the, the phrase, I think, uh, of it um, falling into it. And that's kind of what happened in terms of facilitating it. I just I just started to be the one to send the email uh, mm-hmm. and say, hey, we should all probably think about this again, because uh, as we enter into this this season, regardless of our faith tradition, it begins to become a very busy one. And so uh, much like the rabbi, this this becomes to me a very centering experience. It's kind of the deep breath uh, b- before the holiday season, a chance to uh, be together with, with uh, people that I have very much come to call friends uh, these past uh, going on six years, and to realize that Though our expressions uh, of of our faith and life are different, at the end of the day, we are all thankful for many of the same things of life and breath and a chance to to wake up every morning and and try to be better than we were the day before. Our human experience is so similar. And the Thanksgiving experience allows us to to take a deep breath and realize that Hey, we're we're far more alike than than we actually are different. Gosh, you 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 said a mouthful. I, I um, gosh, I felt every single word there. Um, and with the three of you, not not just not just you, Reverend, uh, but but also, I mean, it, it, the compression of of everything that happens from. I usually I used to say it was September. Like the kids went back to school and then it's New Year's. And it's like, how did that happen? Um, and and um, somebody recently said to me, oh, no, the school schedule's compressed between Thanksgiving and uh, and New Year's. And I'm like, yeah, everything is compressed. Life is compressed in those couple of and it's weeks. It's not it's it all. It almost feels like days. And and um, yeah, so it is it is a great time to take a pause, to take a break, to take a breath and pay attention to the things that are important, your friends, your family, your life, your lifestyle, um, and really just just give thanks. My um, one of my close friends gave me a card a long time ago and I keep it. I had it at my desk in my office 
and it was stuck on my monitor and now I keep it here by my uh, by my candles because I keep my my office smelling good. But it says, and I don't know if you can read it, I'll put it a little bit closer. Gratitude turns what we have into enough. Enough. Thank you. Gratitude turns what we have into enough. And not a lot of people think that. Well, not we're paused to think that way. Um, to say, oh, well, I'm thankful for this. But I, I find that when I stop and I am thankful for something, everything around me just kind of feels better. Um, so, and it's really great that you guys have have made uh, friends with one another. Um, it, that's it's not it's not unlikely and because you're because you're faith leaders within your respective communities um it, it's it's good to get tips and tricks from other people in other areas so it's it's um i'm glad to have you uh, I'm, I'm glad to be with you tonight again um so from a from from different perspectives of faith um i, I want to just switch gears for a little minute and uh, for a little bit and talk about um when you look at uh, gratefulness or thankfulness from your different faith perspectives, when we look at it from uh, a, a Jewish perspective, Rabbi, um, how do how do we typically look at gratefulness? Uh, I think probably the the traditions um, tell us that it's important, which means that. Uh, it suggests that sometimes we take it for granted um, that mm -hmm. in Jewish tradition, uh, that as part of our daily liturgy, um, that there is what we call the, the Amidah prayer. It's our, our, our silent devotion. And that um, in each of those prayers, or that prayer that's said three times a day traditionally, uh, that there is probably one of the larger paragraphs in there is this paragraph of thanks. Uh, and it's it's towards the end of the prayer. So it's like, okay, if you've made all of your requests, um, now get a sense of be thankful for what you have. Um, mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and so with that, uh, I think, you know, I probably feel guilty for the times that I don't say that prayer three times a day. But aside from that, um, that whether it's respected um, in in the breach uh, more than the the doing, uh, that I think it it gives us just pause to take a look around ourselves uh, and see see what we have and be appreciative of it. Yeah, and 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 uh, Reverend Tom, when you when you talk about it from a you know. From a more general perspective, how, how do you, how how do, how do you look at um, thankfulness and gratefulness from from a faith perspective? Well, first, uh, I think there's an interesting parallel. Whereas, Rabbi, your your liturgy uh, ends with that thought of thankfulness in our liturgy, and whenever we come to to pray and to intercess and to ask, uh, it always begins with thanksgiving and with gratitude. And and I think in many ways we would all do well to bookend our prayers <laughs> to begin and end them with thankfulness. But in our tradition, we, we start with the idea of even in the midst of whatever you're going through, even in the midst of, of whatever is bringing you on your knees to ask for, for help, there's already 
before that so much to be thankful for. And so part of that perspective is uh, gratitude is not only an attitude, but it's it's fueled to persevere and to keep going, even when things aren't aren't so great. To remember all that we have, even in the times when we have little, or to remember all the all the good things we've been given, even when today is just really, really hard. It helps the lows not feel quite as low and keeps us grounded when from getting a little too high on, on the highs. And so gratitude really is a, a way to anchor us and to stabilize us in the midst of life's ebbs and flows. I like that. My um for um for my birthday every year, I usually make a Facebook post and I don't, and people that know me know that I don't do Facebook all that much. It's not a thing for me. I, it's more kind of like, Hey, I'm still here. Um, and it's usually like, you know, a couple of times a year, I'll post a note about the, um, the podcast when we're done with it, but that's generally how much I spend on it. But for my birthday, I kind of reflect on um, what I learned for the year. And I, I let everybody know what I learned for the year. And, and, um, one of the messages this year was that um, it's appropriate to give thanks all the time. You can give thanks wherever you are. If something before you looks like it's going to be tough or too tough to bear, take a look at what you've done. Take a look at your pictures. Take a look at your calendar and realize that you got this. You can handle it. You've likely done harder and you can be grateful for your past self having done something that your future self will now have to do. Um, Pastor Donald, when we talk about things that people can do, um, what can what can people do? How can people give thanks every day? It's not just in a, it's not just a seasonal thing. It's not just Thanksgiving. You know, we, we don't just say grace around a turkey and, and call it done. Um, uh, you know, it's an everyday thing. What what kind of tips can you give people? Yeah, and it's a, a hard thing because we're prompted in many points in Scripture uh, to give thanks in all circumstances, to consider it pure joy when you go through trials of many kind. Um, and even, you know, there's everything by prayer and supplication, do it with thanksgiving. Um, and one thing I'm mindful of in, in, a, in a passage in Philippians 4 um, we have this encouragement in everything, uh, in all your prayers and supplications, give thanks. But it also has a note where it says, you know, finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is good, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable or praiseworthy, like think on such things. And I think a lot of times it's a, a perspective shift of are we mindful mm -hmm. of the blessings around us? Um, are we waking up every morning saying, good God, it's morning? Or are we saying, good morning, God? Um, you know, sometimes our first thought out of bed even is, I didn't get enough sleep. And, and how can we even turn um, just getting out of bed into a practice that turns us to gratitude? Um, and even at the end of the day, I, you know, I know some people will keep a gratitude journal I know one question that's been helpful for me at Seasons is at the end of each day saying, what three things went well today? And even if it was the worst day imaginable, even if there were so many aspects of the day that went wrong, 
it's very likely that you can pinpoint three things that, that did go well. Um, and allows you to see the good in the midst of the bad. Um, and, and I think that call of the Apostle Paul to not only give thanks uh, in all things or to give thanks in the midst of any type of prayer we offer, but to focus on the good, the excellent, the praiseworthy. You know, where is our attention? Um, how do we see the good even in the midst of the bad uh, and ground ourselves in gratitude? Uh, no matter what comes our way. And I think especially in a pandemic, we are seeing so much. Uh, this is a traumatic event, and it takes a long time to recover from a traumatic event. There's grieving in so many ways yeah. that some we don't fully understand. Um, and how can we reorient our perspective? Uh, maybe it's small practices like that, and perhaps there's many more you would have or offer up or different ones in our traditions. Uh, but finding those things that will help to center you and give you that right perspective. Um, not only to start your day, but to go throughout your day um, and, and keep God at the center of it, but also gratitude, because that's perhaps uh, arguably one of the greatest virtues because everything flows from it. Well said. Well said. Um, the, the idea of, of being grateful for what you have, but also thanking people for being grateful for their contributions to your life is important. It's important. Um, as you said, to to be grateful uh, for God's presence in your life, but others as well. Um, you have uh, family or friends or peers or coworkers or um, people that are around you that support you um, and love you and care for you and, and all of those things that um, people are genuinely grateful for what um, I think we hear a lot is thank you, right? We hear thank you for helping me. Thank you for doing the thing. Thank you for showing up. Um, but there's a difference between thanking a person and then actually being grateful for their presence, for their contribution, for their for them showing up. Um, one of my mentors, when you thank him, he goes, ah, I just showed up. Um, and and he goes, nah, I, you don't have to thank me. I just showed up. But it's only when you're uh, when you're really grateful that he'll have that conversation with you. That you know he about what he contributed and and why he meant it the way he did. Um, I I, I want to talk about uh, uh, where you were talking about uh, Pastor Donald, and and follow on that concept to praise, right? Where we talk about. Um, giving thanks to people or giving praise. Um, and uh, one of the things we were talking about were the Psalms. Um, and, and not everybody realizes that, um, you know, that's, that's also a, a, a Jewish term where there's a Jewish parallel to the Psalms in there as well. Um, I want to, I just want to have a, a, a conversation about that. Um, that, how 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 do we bring the psalms into our life and and um what do they really teach us we'll start with with uh, pastor donald and then we'll we'll um we'll uh, we'll um pivot to to reverend, uh, to reverend tom on that first and foremost i think the psalms are a great place to find ourselves uh, and they give us permission to express all the varied emotions that we go through as humans from joy and sorrow uh, pain lament frustration 
Thanksgiving. Uh, there's a whole slew of them. Um, but one thing I think the Psalms help with is literally, you know, the original word. And Rabbi, I'd love to hear your perspective on this too. But the word tahili means praises. Uh, and so what does it mean that this whole book, the biggest book in the Bible, uh, is filled with all these different emotions that we experience that many are are not so good and uh, that we walk through. And yet under the umbrella uh, all, or the umbrella over all that is praise and thanksgiving. And even at the end of each book, right, you've heard the doxology, perhaps um, that's literally praise and each book no matter what it contained in the midst of all the emotions it went through the highs and lows it ends with a doxology each book of the psalms and i think that's a helpful perspective for us what would it look like for our lives to reflect the psalms where yes we're honest with our emotions we bring all those raw emotions to god we experience them we walk through them we bring others alongside us to walk uh with or walk with them in theirs but at the end of the day, it, we are called to turn to gratitude and put it under that greater umbrella of praise, uh, hard as that is to do. So, so I think it's a great model for us, um, and especially in this time where so many emotions have been experienced, where, uh, as we said earlier, people are grieving more than ever before. People are more frustrated than ever before. Uh, they can find language for that in the Psalms, but then at the end of the day, how can they be pointed toward praise? You said a word I didn't understand. It's a new word for me, doxology. Mm -hmm. well, um, can you give me a definition? What is doxology? Yeah. Pastor Tom or Rabbi Finkel, would you want to add to that? Uh, I, I would say part of it is um, in terms of what gives us, uh, at least I've always understood it as, um, uh, what gives us the ability to to follow um, the the straight and narrow path uh, that it's a case of um, being pulled at time of crisis, being pulled at time of sometimes with uh, a little too much pride in terms of what we accomplish, uh, but giving us balance. But I, I would say, I, let me let me yield uh, to pass the time on that. All right, I, I can add. Uh, so, Pastor Tom, you probably do this in your service, maybe not with COVID because we're not passing the plates uh, in most congregations. But um, so we sing the doxology every time uh, we collect an offering. And so then oftentimes uh, a faith leader will bring those gifts, right, that we're presenting before God. And the doxology, which is a song, is, is sung, praise God from whom all blessings flow, praise him, all creatures here below, praise him above ye heavenly hosts, praise Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Um, so that, those are words that we speak from, you know, the Christian perspective, but doxology, you know, for me is just the idea of praise. So um, we do it at the offering portion of our service because it's very fitting. We're surrendering our gifts to God. We're offering them before the altar. Um, but, but yeah, so a lot of people describe that last uh, psalm in each book of the Psalter is uh, a doxology. It's a hymn of praise. Uh, perhaps it could be best described as a hymn of praise, uh, just a testimony to thanksgiving for the good gifts God has given us that we respond in gratitude to.
Well, thanks for that. I, I, I hadn't heard, I hadn't heard the word before. Um, and, and I learned something new tonight and I appreciate that. Um, uh, you used uh, the the Hebrew thallium. Did I say it right? Yeah. Uh, right. It, it used to be a TH sound. Uh -huh. And over the years, that TH has dropped. So it's now, I would say, in most of the communities, it's Tehillim. Tehillim. Um, so on that, uh, Rabbi, um, how, adding on to what uh, Pastor Tom said, or excuse me, Pastor Donald said, um, um, what are what are the what what are the the um, the the Hebrew teachings or the the Jewish teachings around the Psalms in that area? Uh, the Psalms uh, first, it goes back in terms of going back to David. Uh, that David was someone who started as a shepherd boy and became the king. Uh, and it was always felt that in the poetry that uh, that he um, that he wrote was a sense of understanding of every person, no matter uh, where they may be in life, uh, whether um, rich or poor in the city or in the country, um, old, young. And uh, with that, we include the Psalms in so many of our rituals because it was felt that at times of joy, the Psalms bring us to the next level of celebration. And at times of sadness, it serves as a spiritual and emotional safety net. Mm -hmm. And with the thankfulness that there are, uh, in our liturgy, um, particularly uh, the, the Psalms 113 through 118 that have a lot of hallelujahs uh, in it, is, uh, are the the giving thanks um, at our greatest joys that they're chanted on our major um, festivals, uh, but also you find in the Psalms on a more individual basis there are certain Psalms where David wrote an introduction in terms of uh, in thankfulness for, for instance, uh, I believe it's Psalm 18, thankfulness for um, being kept safe and alive. Uh, in terms of the, um, the the conflicts that he had with King Saul. So it was a matter of, yes, it's a, a collective thanks, but also you get a chance to take a look at um, David as the individual, somebody who is this, this king who says, whoa, you know, um, I, all that I have wouldn't be mine were it not for, you know, the gifts that God gave me. Um, and you figure that, Okay, if um, if if David and his central position uh, in terms of Jewish history gives thanks, that certainly, you know, little old me, um, so so much the more so. Uh, so it's a it's a a special part of our celebration. Reverend Tom, I want to take that one step further now and, and take it into current times and. The challenges that we've had to deal with over the course of the last, you know, three, four years, two, three years, yeah, it's two years um, now, right? We, we've had to deal with, uh, we've had to deal with COVID and pivot and, and work from Zoom and, and deal all of these things. How are you integrating those psalms and those praises into um, into your teachings now? Into the the current, like it's 
2021 and we're still going to have to do this for another couple of months we've already been doing it for a year and good grief how much for how much longer is it going to go on when i was in seminary and uh and rabbi if i was taught a an interpretation of the psalms that is uh very poor please call me out on it but but i found it helpful uh i had a seminary professor uh, i took a a class on the Psalms. I I had to do a lot of translating from from Hebrew. I did a very poor job on that, Rabbi. Uh, but I got through somehow. And one of the paradigms that he equipped us with to study the Psalms was that of orientation. And 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 it goes like this: the, the Psalms have three basic uh, uh, movements, orientations in life. Uh, orientation the world as it as we're experiencing it with its goods and its bads and then disorientation we've moved from something stable and we're now disoriented how can we process uh what's going on around us there's so many of the psalms where whether it's david or the other writers are disoriented by the events of their their life whether it's enemies surrounding them uh, whether it's being betrayed by those that they they were close to, there's always this movement of disorientation. But whenever the Psalms move us from things being okay to things being disoriented, there's some interesting things that always happen in the Psalms. They always point us back towards Thanksgiving. They always point us back towards though my heart and my flesh may may fail and I struggle still God is there, still God would raise me up. One of the Psalms that so many of us are familiar with, uh, regardless of our faith tradition, is the 23rd Psalm. And it's one of these Psalms that leads us through these transitions. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. There's this orientation, things are good. And then, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, disorientation, world, the world is crazy, it's not making sense, yet I fear no evil for your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And that leads us to new orientation. Things aren't the same as they were before. It's not going to be the same. But where we're coming out of where we're going, the psalm reminds us, hey, this can be good. We have a new orientation, a new way of, of seeing and experiencing. And the Psalms are constantly, and so often you'll see this movement completely through one Psalm. Your things are good. It's not so good. Still there's hope. And that's where we are. And so in so much of um, the teaching I, I know in our congregation is just, we're all disoriented by the events of the past few years. We're, we're all trying to figure it out. But gratitude helps us to remember this won't last forever. And even in the midst of it, they're still good. And we're coming out. We're coming towards a new orientation. There are some things that we've learned during this period of disorientation that are really good. We've all gotten good at skills and, and technologies and things that we never dreamed possible. I have uh, almost 90-year-olds in my congregation who've learned how to uh, watch Zoom videos and calls on their iPads. They never dreamed about owning an iPad before any of this happened. And so gratitude helps us to move from uh, 
our old reality into new ones and remember that as hard as things are, uh, it does get better. Darkness lasts for the night, but joy comes in the morning. And gratitude helps us uh, live into that reality. I like that new orientation and, and that's sticking with me. That's added to my vocabulary too. Um, uh, so with that, I, I want to, I want to offer you uh, all to kind of give a, um, uh, a, your wish for the coming holiday season. Um, if you could have any of the listeners that, that um, decide to pick up this program and, um, listen to it on a quiet afternoon when they have uh, half an hour to to think about giving thanks through the holiday season. What are your wishes and words for them? Um, uh, start with uh, Pastor Donald. Yeah, so one thing I'd love to leave with all those who are listening is something that came from Brene Brown. Um, she's written a lot on shame, vulnerability, but also gratitude. Um, and she talks about how you don't have to chase extraordinary moments to find happiness. It's right in front of you if you're paying attention and practicing gratitude. And I think that speaks to this kind of reorientation in the midst of all the disorientation. Um, is our perspective in the right place? Um, are we seeing that, are we grumbling because roses have thorns? Or are we grateful that thorns have roses? Uh, someone else once spoke words like that. Um, so, so I would offer that, especially as we maybe have expectations that are put on us, or maybe we see our culture and the lives of others in a certain way that make us chase those things to find happiness or gratitude. Um, and like Brene Brown says, um, it's right in front of me if I'm paying attention and practicing gratitude. And that's where I can find the extraordinary, the beautiful, uh, and help to ground myself in that to face whatever comes my way in the days ahead. Amazing words. Rabbi Finkel, um, your wishes for everybody this holiday season. I think we always say, let's look around us and see what we have. I think the Thanksgiving gives us the opportunity, uh, particularly um, when one has uh, a community service um, just a little before the holiday itself. It allows us to look at that large circle of community, people whose names we know, um, people whose faces look familiar, but we're not quite sure of the names, and even a lot of strangers, but we come together. Um, and I realize in this age, we come together in Zoom and live stream. Uh, so part of our wish is that next year, um, may we all be together uh, and find a little more of our norms that we appreciated in Thanksgiving, or appreciate what we used to have in Thanksgiving, um, and let that be our wish for the future. But also um, that Thanksgiving also teaches us that our inner circle, our closest friends and our family with whom um, we probably do gather, if we can all have consensus on the rules of gathering, uh, that um, it's a holiday that allows us um, to be to be human, to know that we're not alone, uh, that friends, family, community, um, and even uh, a nation that's celebrating this same day all in sync uh, is a great deal to be thankful for, that we're 
we're a part of it and it's because and it is a part of our life thanks for that you're you're right we're we're all in it together it's 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 something that we all get to share um whether we're on zoom or whether we're in in person and um and and talking about a new normal um this may go on a little bit longer um and we have to we have to interact in new ways and have to think about new things so that's fantastic rabbi thank you um reverend tom how about you what's your wish for everybody for this uh this upcoming holiday season well uh, i begin with echoing uh the wishes of of my colleagues here and and to to add to it th- this past year i've i've gone through a uh some very mighty health uh, scares myself uh, needing a out of left field uh, a an organ transplant at the beginning of the year. Um, mm-hmm. Didn't see it coming, and one of the the mantras that my family has has learned in all this, and we say it all the time. And, and Donald, I re, I think it really echoes with what you just said: is uh, the little things are the big things. And to keep that perspective in mind, so often, and I know as as a young man, I, I all, I'm often dreaming about what's ahead and what's next and what we can look forward to and not enjoying what's here now. And I have two young two young sons who are uh, five, well, almost five and seven. And one of the blessings of being quarantined and and recovering, which sounds strange, is just to be with them and be still and enjoy them for the age that they'll only be once and all the headaches that come with that. And so for everyone, as we look to get out of this, as we look to get into our new normal, as we look ahead and make plans, let us not... Um, leave behind the important lesson of the little things being the big things and making the most of the small moments that when we look back at our lives and our experiences, those small moments that so often we overlook and look past are the ones that actually matter the most. And so I hope that we would all be able to slow down, savor it, and, and realize that truly those small things are really what makes life uh, worth living and, and, and exciting. And that's truly something to be grateful for. Amen to that for sure. Um, well, we'll wrap up here. Um, uh, Pastor Donald Kirshner, thank you so much. Reverend Tom Henyon, thank you very, very much. And Rabbi Mark Finkel, uh, I, re- I really appreciate all of you being on the program this evening, and I have a lot to be thankful for now. Um, you guys have given me an education. Uh, you have given me a lot of ideas to take away and think about, and um, you're making me pause and take a look at what I already have, the little things, and um, and be grateful for them as well. Thank you so much, all of you. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to share and be a part of this conversation. You guys are great. Happy Thanksgiving. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy New Year. Um, and all the blessings on you. Good luck. Thank you so much. Thank you.